All right, you guys have had enough fun. Did you find somebody that was better looking than you are? I would assume so. Thanks, ma'am. Aren't we blessed to have some really talented students? Caleb said I had to say something about go dogs. He woke me up in the middle of the night to tell me that they had won. Whatever, all the Michigan people, they're, they're in, in mourning today, but I understand. Um, anyway, man, look, I'm just glad to see you guys. Uh, we had a great turnout this morning. That was the, see, the early crowd, they were the ones that went to bed. I'm assuming that most of you stayed up last night, right? <laughs> Kevin, did you go to bed? Did you stay up? You stayed up? That was because of Jennifer. That wasn't because of you. Oh, you were sleeping? <laughs> you were the one shooting the fire off, fireworks off last night then. I thought to myself, boy, isn't that a waste of money? I mean, I, I heard an awful lot of wasted money last night. That's all I can say. And it started like in the afternoon. I mean, at like one or two o'clock, I'm thinking, good gracious, people, please. And it went on. I don't know how long it lasted, but it was well after midnight. I do know that. So the, the story goes something like this. The fellow, he would have a cup of coffee. He'd read the paper. This morning was a little bit unusual when he got up because he found his name in the newspaper and it was in the obituaries. So pretty upset, he called the newspaper. He said, listen, I don't know what the problem is or why, why you guys have my name in the newspaper in the obituaries, but I need to talk to somebody in the secretary. She said, sir, I am so sorry. Please hold on one second. And she, she got in touch with the managing editor and they talked for a little while and she came back on the phone and she said, sir, she said, we are so, so sorry for this misprint. And she said, my, my editor just wants to do anything he can to try to resolve this issue. He wanted to know if it would be okay to, to, to reprint your name, but this time put it, in the, put it in the birth announcement so that you could have a brand new start. <laughs> See, Caleb, I told you that they would laugh. I told you that they would laugh. <laughs> talking, about a, talking about a new start, uh, some of you guys have been waiting on today. You know, some of you have been waiting on today for that new exercise, that new diet, that new commitment, that new Bible study or whatever. How many of you guys have, have made a commitment say, you're going to do something new today? Anybody? Don't you guys lie to me. I know, I know that a bunch of you guys have, have all these little things that you've set up that you're going to start today. Well, they say in reference to time, there's a couple of different ways we can view time. One is prospectively looking ahead. Uh, looking in advance. The other one is retrospectively looking behind. And regardless of which way you look, back, ahead, or whichever way, this is what I've come to learn about time. The older you get, the faster it seems to move. Isn't that right? If you're over 55, say amen. amen. If you're over 75, say a, 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 amen. Because time is moving awful fast. I mean, it doesn't seem to slow down. It's just faster and faster. You know, and the older I get, the more, I, more, I, more that I realize that every day is a gift, and that's why they call it the present. And none of us are guaranteed time. We're not guaranteed a lot of time, regardless of how much time that we have. This is what I know. It's not how much time we have, but what we do with the time that we've been given. Amen? Um, what I want us to do today is I want you to turn, if you would do this, turn to Genesis 16. This is where we're going to... We're going to pick up an unusual passage of Scripture today to help us as we talk about looking behind 
where we've come from and looking ahead. Genesis chapter 16, and uh, we want to read the story about Sarah and Abram. Most importantly, we want to talk today about Hagar and what took place. But um, before we read God's word, let's just talk to the Lord this morning. Jesus, I'm thankful so much to be thankful for. We sang about your faithfulness and we've been reminded. And I know that um, just personally in thinking about the future and what's next and, you know, God, what is it, the direction that you want us to have? Um, I go back and, and there's just so many stories of how faithful that you've been over these years. Not because of anything that we deserve, but you've just been faithful. And God, we declare that today. We declare that you are faithful. As we read these passages of Scripture today, um, Lord, I pray that in our time together that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher in this place. That for those listening, whether online or here in this building today, that we would be, Father, that our hearts would be um, convicted of that which you would have us to hear. There are people that are here that are seeking after, wanting to, desiring and to follow you with all of their heart, soul, and mind. There are some that are here just, just because it's a Sunday and it's part of the routine that they, they've, they've had in their life. And there are others that may be here, Lord, today because they're searching. They're searching. Just like those wise men that we talked about that were following that star, they were searching. And Jesus, I just pray that in our time together that we would hear your voice and, as a, and in response to that, there would be some way that, that we would see and sense that, that we need to obey you. So would you bring those things to our mind today as we read your word? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you read along with me this morning in Genesis chapter 16 and let's read some verses and talk about these passages of scripture. So the scripture says, now, Sarah, maybe you know Sarah, but this is Sarah before she becomes Sarah. It said, um, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. She was barren, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed in Sarah, with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Then Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I don't know if it's funny or not. <laughs> Little ears are listening this morning. <laughs> I put my servant into your arms, but now she's pregnant. She treats me with contempt. In other words, disrespected, unvalued, worthless. The Lord will show who's wrong. You were me, and Abraham replied, Look, she's your servant to deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road of Shur. The angel said to her, talking about the angel of the Lord, you want to underline that. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Hagar's servant, where have you come from? Here's our two questions. Where have you come from? Where are you going? 
So the angel of the Lord asked the question, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running from my mistress, Sarah, she replied. And so we have the story here, a little bit of the story of Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah uh, who God had promised that they would have a son earlier on, but it hadn't taken place up until this point in time. And so let me just say this to make note of this. You know, desperate people do desperate things. Have you ever made a dumb choice sometime because you got tired of waiting on God? Have you ever made a dumb choice because you felt like God maybe wasn't paying attention and you got tired of waiting? And so here's Sarah. She makes the decision to take things into her own hands and she secures the services of her handmaiden um, who would become um, a surrogate mother for her to speed up this process. And it wasn't an, it wasn't an uncommon practice in that day and time and culture. Well, Abram, he, he goes along with the, the process and the plan and Hagar becomes pregnant. On another side note, please, please make note of this. You ever got something that you thought you wanted that you really didn't, that you, that you, that by the time it was over with and you got what you thought you wanted, did you really realize that it wasn't what you wanted to start off with? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You ever got something that you thought that you wanted only to get it and it wasn't what you thought you wanted? It was a bad deal. So here it is. Plans go as planned, but it didn't go as planned. Sarah goes back to Abraham and she says, look, this is all your fault. This, you did this. He said, are you kidding me? Look, woman, I didn't do this. You're, this was your plan. You go work it. You work it out. You figure it out. You handle it. I'm not going to deal with it. And Sarah did. And as a result, Hagar, she runs, she runs away. While she's on this run, Hagar has this interaction with an angel of the Lord that asks her a couple of important questions. Where are you coming from? And where are you headed? Where are you going? But she didn't have a clue. She knew where she was coming from because she had ran, but she didn't know where she was going. She was just on the run. She didn't have a clue what was next. And look at how the story goes on and continues. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel said, you're now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God, God hears. Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt like God didn't hear? For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. The son of, of yours will be like a wild man, untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who was spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Beryl-Leroy, which meant the well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael, and Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Before we go any further, let me just make note of this today, that listen, when God asks questions, he doesn't ask questions because he's clueless or he needs to know an answer. But there's a lot more that's behind the question that's asked. And I think I do, I've done the same thing with people, whether it's been people that I know or even my own kids. I ask the question, well, what you doing? It's not like I don't know what you're doing, you know. I, I ask the question, and the interrogation is meant to stir up contemplation, which, which prayerfully will lead to transformation, which is exactly what's happening here because the Lord wants to change this young girl's heart as well as her outlook on life the way she views life. So with that thought in mind, we've got a couple of questions today. 
Where are you coming from and where are you headed? That first question, where are you coming from? So the angel asked that question in an, opportun- in a, in an, in an, in an opportunity for her to be able to look back um, at where she was running from. So he says, where have you come from? And she responded in verse 8, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. And that question took her back to a source of pain, to a source of conflict, to a place of oppression that caused her to feel rejected. Um, It's what caused her to run to start off with. And I don't want you to miss this. It's one thing to take a quick look, but looking back can be dangerous. Are you with me? Looking back and focusing on what's the past can be dangerous. If I go back and I think about the story of Abraham and his nephew Lot and his wife who were leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, if you remember the story, Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. It was such an important story that Jesus himself made mention of it in the Gospel of Luke in Luke 17. It's one thing to take a glance back and to look for reference sake. It's another, it's another thing for the past to become the focus of our attention because it can hamper us, hamper us from moving ahead. It can cause us to stumble or to fall. So what about you? As you look back, as you think about the past year, past couple of years, when you think back, what, what is it that comes to mind? Maybe there's been some events that you've celebrated. I see Jonica back there. I think about Jonica retiring. You know, that's something to celebrate, you know. Um, I, th- I think about other celebrations, maybe babies that's been born, or uh, maybe there's been time of heartache or pain that you've experienced. And if you're like me, there's probably been ups and downs in every one of our lives in this, in this room. But prayerfully, you have the ability to look through a set of lens of like what Paul said when he was writing to the church at Rome when he said this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose, that regardless Regardless of whatever experience it may be, whether it's pain or joy or, or whatever, that event, that we can understand that God is in control and that he sits on the throne, that God is still calling the shots. Amen? Yeah, very much so. As we look back and we evaluate, you know, talking about looking back, um, you may be looking back and referencing things geographically because maybe over this past year, a couple of years, you've moved. Maybe you've moved across town. Maybe you've drew from, from another city. Maybe you've moved from another state. I meet people all the time that are moving in. You know, people are moving in from all over the place, whether it's California, whether it's New York, whether it's uh, New Hampshire. I met lots of people coming in from Pennsylvania, people moving in from all over the place. And so when you start thinking about looking back, you think about things geographically because of your placement, where you are. Or maybe it has something to do with relationships, relationally, because uh, maybe there's a new friendship that you've built over this past year. Maybe you've lost a friendship. Maybe there's been brokenness in a friendship. Maybe there's been a marriage. Maybe there's been divorce. Or maybe you think about things emotionally, sadness, depression, excitement, joy, or maybe you think about things from a physical perspective because of something in your life or something in your family's life or somebody close to you that they're dealing with maybe a, a medical issue or something that's lingering. But this is what we need to know is that regardless of whatever we may face, that God is at work and he's not only refining us for our good, he's refining us for his glory. Amen? Thinking about the past, Paul gave us a principle. I got my own amen corner over here. That's good. 
Y'all need to take some cues from, from this child, okay? Paul gave us a principle when talking about the past when he was writing to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 3. He said, look, God, I'm not going to focus all my attention on the past. The past is in the past, but I want to focus on what's ahead. And he says in verse 14 there in chapter 3, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling me. A lot of times we'll, we'll use the word talking about the past. We'll use the word forget. Oh, just forget about it. It can be easier said than done, right? Just forget about it. You know, you need to forget about them, forget about that, forget about whatever that was that you may be talking about. Just, just forget about it. And the word forget in the Bible doesn't necessarily mean lacking the ability to remember, but it does mean more than likely. Don't let it, it control your present or manipulate your future, whatever it may be. If there's anybody in the scripture, I think that it sort of embodies this thought of, of, of what we're talking about here. It has to, I think about the Old Testament character of Joseph who endured so many different things. You know, the, 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 how he was mistreated by his family. I mean, good gracious, a life. He was sold as a slave. He was mistreated. Um, he, he went through so many various things. Um, he experienced what it was like to, to have people promise you something and not to keep those promises. He was lied about. And yet, this guy was a poster child for being treated unfairly. And yet, here it was, and we know, that if you know the story, the account in the, near the end of Genesis, it was Joseph that would rise to this place of authority and leadership to be second in control. And um, it was a position he was placed in because not because of his talent, but because of his character. Remember that. I, I thought I was sharing with, with Caleb earlier, uh, Caleb Wyndham. I, I pulled him aside and I said, son, let me tell you something. Leadership isn't so much about talent as it is character. Did you, did you hear that? A lot of times, listen, talent can take you so far. But leadership is truly about character. And this young man, Joseph, was a man of character. And when he had the opportunity to retaliate and, and, and to, for retribution to take place against his brothers that had wronged him, that had done him wrong, instead of taking it out and, and destroying him, which he, man, he could have wiped them off the place, face of the planet, but he didn't do that. But he looked him in the eye and he said, you know, all that evil that you meant for me, he said, uh, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. In other words, I'm not going to let my past control the present or my future, which Let's stop here for a second because there are some of you that may be here listening to my voice and there's something that's happened in your past and you're holding on to that bitterness and you're thinking that you're hurting somebody else, but you're not really hurting them. Who are you hurting? Yeah, you're allowing the past to be able to control and manipulate you. Don't do that. In December of 1914, Thomas Edison um, he had a laboratory, and that night, the laboratory caught on fire and destroyed everything as he was walking through the rubble the next day with one of his associates. There was nothing to be found. It was all destroyed. And it was, it was uh, that morning when he was walking with his associate that he spoke these words after noticing that everything was gone. He said, there's great value in disaster. All our mistakes are burned up. Thank God we get a new start. So that's the question to begin with. Where are you coming from? But the angel just didn't stop with that question, but there was a second question. Where are you headed? 
you know, when we talk about you and where you're headed, I don't know, as a businessman, you may be thinking about finances, business acquisitions. You might be thinking about the economy. Maybe you're, you're thinking about the, the, the latest uh, updates or stock market predictions. If you're here in a teenager, maybe you're thinking about where I'm going to go to college. You know, maybe you're thinking about a boyfriend or girlfriend. I know in our home, it's all about college. Anna's getting ready to graduate, so she's trying to make those final decisions and what's going to take place. Maybe if you're a single adult, maybe you're thinking about moving or taking a different job or, you know, looking for that marriage partner. And when we talk about the future, everybody always wants to know what's next, right? I mean, that's what we always, and it's amazing. Sometimes we don't go to God's word. Sometimes we go to alternatives like horoscopes or psychics. There's some really crazy story about how far people will go to try to predict the future. Back in Rome, it said they used to use chickens of all things. Greg, they would use chickens to watch chickens and how they ate to try to predict the future. Go figure. I mean, uh, it's just crazy, all the things that we'll do sometimes to try to predict the future. And um, But back in Ecclesiastes, and, and I guess I were to say this right here, do you really want to know the future? Is there things that you really, really want to know? Back in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, this is what Solomon had to say. He said this, Enjoy prosperity while you can, but when the hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this line, this life. How many times have we made plans based on what the weatherman said? Only didn't work out that way. Yeah. Even in those times of uncertainty, though, we still have to make an intentional choice and decision about what direction we're going to head and what's going to be the focus of our attention. Even though we don't know what the future holds, we know who holds the future. You know? And in knowing the fact that God holds the future, see, that's, that's where that sense of peace and rest comes from. Corey Ten Boom, you maybe remember her. She was the Holocaust survivor. And she, she wrote this, and I'll quote, Never be afraid to entrust the unknown future into the hands of a known God. Going back to what the angel of the Lord said about going ahead, this is what it said in verse 9 and following. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress, submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. But that wasn't all. He went on to say, and the angel also said, you're now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man as untamed as a wild donkey. And he will raise his fist against everyone, and, will, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So let's go back and just briefly talk about this angel of the Lord. Who is this angel of the Lord? We see mentioned several times. To begin with, we see the angel of the Lord use the exact same languages as well as the same authority as the Lord himself. As a matter of fact, you go over another chapter, you'll see where the, the, um, the Lord makes some similar promises. And so it's very, very interesting. It's also interesting that the angel of the Lord also appeared to Abraham, Abraham and Jacob and Moses and Balaam and Gideon and some others that we find inside of the Old Testament. But what we don't see is the angel of the Lord peering after the birth of Jesus. 
which leads some scholars to believe that this was nothing more than a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus himself. They call it a Christophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. To go along with that, this is what Jesus had to say in John chapter, chapter 8, verse 58, when he said, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was ever born, I am. And so the angel of the Lord asked these two questions. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? Going from the interrogation to asking the questions to this point of revelation. There was something that, that the Lord wanted her to see. And I wanna, what I want to do over these next couple of minutes is I want to spread some thoughts out here. I want to spread some things that I want you to catch, especially as we look and going into the new year, some things that I think are important to us for truths that we can hold on as we begin this new year, things that are really important, with the first being, out of the start, we can expect God to be present. We can expect God to be present with us this next year. That's what I want you to know, that as we look ahead to this new year of 2023, that we can expect God to be with us. You might say, well, listen, Sid, that's, that's not new, that's old. I mean, all of us know that, really. I mean, we may know that, but how many times do we actually hold on to that? Um, look, it says in verse 10, the promise is, I will, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And he goes on to say, and the angel of the Lord also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears for the Lord has heard your cry of distress. I don't know about you, but there's some times that I doubt that. I, I doubt God's presence. I, gout, I doubt God's, um, God's uh, um, the fact that he's with me. You don't understand? I mean, if you're at that place that you've, God, do you hear me? Don't you know what I'm going through? Don't you know what I'm experiencing at this time? And I just want you to know that one of the truths here that we need to take into 2023 is the fact that God is with us. Say that with me. God is with us. He's with us. That whatever we may face going into 2023, whatever that situation may be, we need to know and hold on to the truth that God is with us. He is present and we can expect him to be present, like the song that Caleb them sang earlier, never alone, never alone, I'm never alone. Psalms 34, the Lord hears his people when they call to him. He rescues them from all of their troubles. He goes on to say in verse 13, then our passage, that you are the God who sees me. You just don't hear me, but you see me. You see me. Sometimes Meredith will say to me, did you hear what I say? Did you hear, did you hear what I just said? And I'm like, huh? What? Y'all don't have these, do y'all have these conversations in your home? I hear all the women shaking their head. See, baby, it's everybody else. It's not just me. <laughs> Especially when you get older, you're like, I can't, I can't, what'd you say? I can't hear. Some things you want to hear, some things you don't want to hear. Okay? We, does that make sense? Yeah. But here, I'm reminded of the fact that God always, he sees us and he hears us. That regardless of what we might be feeling at that moment, how tense that situation may be, how difficult that time may be going on, that we can walk by faith and not by sight and hold on to the truth of what the scripture has to say, that God is present with us. The second thing that we can expect for God to be honest with us. Look at there at verse 12. It's interesting. The angel describes the son she's carrying. This son of yours will be like a wild man, untamed and a wild like a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. Isn't that the message that you want to hear as a mother? I don't think so. 
I I want my son to grow up and he's going to be kind and he's going to be generous and he's going to be thoughtful and he's going to be this or he's going to be that. But to hear that he's going to be like a wild donkey and he's going to be crazy and, and be at odds with all of his family, I don't think so. No. Have you ever been to the doctor and he gives you some information that you don't want to hear, but he gives you the information not necessarily because he, because he wants you to hear it, because he cares about you. I mean, he, the doctor gives you some information that you need to hear, but he tells you, he gives you some bad information, but it's not because he's against you, but he's for you. And here, God doesn't speak truth to us because he wants to get us, because he's out to get us, but he speaks truth to us, number one, because he's a truth teller, and number two is because he loves us. God will speak truth to us. He's honest with us. We can expect God to be present. We can expect God's honesty. The third thing is that we can expect direction. We can expect God's direction. Look at what he says back in verse 9. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. So here's some details. Do you think that's what she wanted to hear? I don't think so. I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what Hagar had in mind. In other words, you mean to tell me you want me, me, to go back to her and you want me to submit myself after that's where I, I experienced all the pain and the oppression. But even though it wasn't logical and it wasn't what she desired, that's what she did. Verse 15, it said, So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And in those moments when God gives us direction through his word and through prayer and through circumstances, what, what, what has to happen is we've got to make a choice. That in those times, we've got to make a decision of how we're, what we're going to do. Are we going to obey him? Are we going to trust him or, or not? I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow me. So we can expect God's presence, we can expect God's honesty, we can expect God's direction, but also we can expect God's blessings when we're willing to obey. It said in verse 10, then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can ever count. Than you can ever count. God's blessings doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. Amen? Doesn't mean that the blessings are going to, doesn't mean that life is going to be easy and there won't be obstacles or difficulties in these days ahead. But whatever situation that we may face, we can be assured that God is for us. He's not against us. God is for us and that he's always at work and that God has a plan and that we can trust him. What's that old saying? God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Is that that saying? Say that with me. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Do you believe that? It's easy to say, yeah, yeah, I believe that, until the difficult time comes. Sometimes it's hard to say, God, even in this, I know that you're good, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Um, so where have you come from? Where are you headed? Maybe just to throw in the last question, what are you expecting this next year? You know, what is it you're anticipating? What are you expecting? You know, when you, you think back, you, you look ahead, but more importantly, this is what we need to do. We need to be looking up. I have a picture that sits in my office. 
and it becomes a conversation piece many times. Um, I think we have a copy of it. I, uh, if you can see that, I don't know what it looks like on the back screen. That's a pretty good picture of it. Um, but this picture is a conversation piece, and I use it to have conversations with people about various things, and it's, it's been very helpful over the years um, in many different situations. But this is a participation time, and I have a hard time hearing, so you're going to have to help me out. But I want you to participate with me. And so when you see this picture, what do you see? What do you see in this picture? Trees. Somebody said light. A path. What kind of path? A road. What kind of road? Where is this road, as a matter of fact? If you know anything about topography and soil, where, where, where might you find this road? Oxford, Florida. <laughs> I, I guess so. More likely to find this in Georgia or South Carolina. This looks like Georgia clay, doesn't it? Yeah. What else do you see in this, in this picture? The rays of the, of the sunlight? Yeah. What kind of trees are those? What kind of oak trees? Are these water oaks or are these live oaks? Probably live oaks. If you know anything about trees, it looks like a live oak to me, especially if you get up close. What's it, what, so if you know anything about the root structure of a live oak tree, what kind of a root structure does it have? What? Vast. Vast root structure. Very stable, secure. Goes down deep. Goes wide. Yeah. What else do you notice in this? Are these trees old or are they young? What makes you say they're old? The size of them? Do you think these trees have ever seen any storms, experienced any storms? Stop just for a second. Shh. As a younger adult, find somebody that, that's older than you that can talk to you about the storms of life and what they've experienced. Not somebody that's... Find somebody that walks with a limp that's willing to be honest with you. Not just tell you that life has been easy. Those trees have probably seen lots of storm. What sustained them? The root system? What else has sustained them? What else has sustained them? Do, do you notice the numbers of trees? Do you think there's been support that not only those trees standing together, but do you think about the roots intertwining together? Do you think there's any type of a spiritual um, um, application here for those of us in, that are walking in our Christian walk and needing to be connected with other people and making sure that our roots are growing down deep? Yeah. I bet these storms have seen tremendous amounts of of difficulties and, and storms through the year. These trees have seen all kinds of storms. Well, what's sustained them over the years has been their connectedness and the size and, their, and the width and the breadth of the roots. How many people have traveled that road? We don't know. Probably lots and lots of people. Probably lots of people. What's at the end of the road? Light? See, you guys can't see it, can you? See, you can't see, see, you can't see it. But the, see, at the end of the road, there's a, there's a meadow. There's a flowing meadow with a stream. And there's, I see at least four deer standing out there. And I see some cows. Y'all don't see that? Y'all are kidding me, right? You can't see what I see? I mean, you can't see, you can't see what's on the other side of the light, can you? 
Well, I can't either. I'm just joking with you. So we won't be able to see, we won't be able to see what's around the corner and what's the end of the road until we get where. We won't be able to see what we want to see, what's around the corner until we get to the place in the road that God wants us to be able to see that. So you know what you're going to have to do? On this journey, you're going to have to take one step at a time. Not knowing what's around the corner. A lot of times we, we've got all these dreams and ideas about what's around the corner. We have no idea what's around the corner. But what we do need to know is we, what, we can, what we can do is take those things that are in front of us and make decisions one little step at a time by faith. As the Lord reveals those things, we take that little step. Then he reveals something, we take that little step. And after a while, we'll find ourselves at the end of the road, and then we'll know what's around the corner. But until that time, we'll have to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm reminded of the words in Hebrews, Hebrews 12. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. In other words, let us take one step at a time. Let's don't keep our eyes. Let's don't, let's don't be, always be looking back. Let's keep our eyes set forward. And he says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross for us so that we could see what was at the end of the path. It's important. What is 2023 and 2024? I, I don't know. Who's to say that there won't be some of us in this room or listening to my voice that won't even make it through 2023? Who's to say that there's some of us in this room that may not even make it through 2023, January 1st? It's not how much time we have left. It's what we do with the time that we have left, where we keep our eyes focused. You know, earlier on, we talked about intentionality of decisions. Brian, I think, said it earlier when we were talking about um, midweek starts back here in just a couple of weeks. And so on Wednesday night, January the 11th, we'll begin to gather again, um, men and women and children, as we get started back. Men, women, you want to be involved in Bible study, you sign up. There's places online you can sign up. You come join us. Brian, we have information about that online. Um, also coming up is a men and women retreats. If you, if you really are serious about spiritual growth, why not make some intentional decisions to grow spiritually, to put yourself in an environment where God's word is being taught and you're around other people that are seeking after that, which is it, you're like-minded. I mean, you want to grow. Why not be connected like that picture with other people that are moving in the same direction as you? It's an important part of, of growing up in, in, in the journey of faith that we're on. Sign up for that men's or women's retreat to be a part of that. Um, it's also important for us this week to pray. To pray as um, we begin to close up. Specifically, we've got, I don't know, I think there's about 20 high school seniors that leave tomorrow for Passion Conference. They've intentionally set aside time and finances to go as a group to focus and to listen for God's voice, to be a part of a, a young adult worship experience in Atlanta. Uh, Michael's got a really busy schedule because he and Chrissy come back and, and this weekend, this next weekend, they kick off the weekend, which is their winter retreat. And there's about 170 uh, students and adult counselors that are participating in that here at Fruitland Park at Camp Geneva. We have a lot of things to be thankful for. 
a lot of things to be thankful for, but I want you to be reminded this next week to be in prayer for our students as they, and just Michael and Chrissy, as they minister to our students and their families. Um, but you know, as we finish up, I, I just have to ask you a question. And I think the question is this, that, that poses as we begin 2023. Do you know Jesus personally? I didn't ask you if you've been baptized. I didn't ask you if you attend church. I didn't ask you if you were the member, a member of a church. I didn't ask you if you gave. I didn't ask you if you served. That's not what I ask you. But what I ask you is, do you, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, you know where you'd spend eternity? If you don't, if you don't, why? Listen, why would you not want to start this new year off by making the most important decision of your life? And if you don't know Jesus, right there where you are, listening to my voice, you have the ability to cry out to the Lord and say, Jesus, would you save me? My life is a mess. I can't save myself. I've tried everything in the world. But today I want to humble myself. And I want to give my life to you. And I want to serve you. And I want to follow you. I want to obey you. And if that's you today, listen, I would love for us to be able to connect so that we can talk more about this decision and what it looks like to follow Christ. Maybe like Brian said earlier, maybe, maybe part of your commitment this next year is, is following through. Maybe you've made a decision for the Lord, but you've never been baptized. Listen, it's an important part of our decision. No, it doesn't save you, but I'll tell you what, it's a big part of our decision for Christ because it is an outward, it is, it is an outward sign of what's taking place inwardly, and it's one of the greatest testimonies you'll ever speak to other people. I'm humbling myself. I'm humbling myself to be baptized buried with him in baptism, to be raised in a walk in a newness of life. It's a symbol of the old being gone, the new being coming to the forefront. For those of us that are believers, there's plenty of opportunity for mission. There's plenty of opportunities for us to be on mission telling other people about Jesus. Amen? Even this morning as we close up our time, Maybe the Lord would even lay on your heart the intentionality of, of uh, building relationships this next year with purpose, of spending time with people, not just to eat lunch, not just to hang out and go fishing or playing golf, as great as that is, but maybe God would lay some people on your heart to spend time with them, not just to have lunch, but to have lunch and talk about Jesus. That's a good thing to talk about. Because there are people all around us that are searching. Just like those wise men that followed that star, there are tons of people searching and looking. We just have to make ourselves available. Father, what a blessed day it is for us as we begin this new year. Remind us of the opportunity we have to not only look behind, but to look ahead. But most importantly, to look upward. To keep our eyes focused on you. And Lord, in those times that we don't know what's around the corner, help us to continue to make one step at a time, day by day, trusting you in those things that we do know. Anticipating the moment in time when God will see a clearer picture. But until that time, help us to walk by faith and not by sight. 
For the people that, that may be here, that may be listening by my voice, that have never trusted Jesus, even today, would it be that day that they say yes, yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.